Are you a hairdresser or barber? Do you want to take your career to the next level but unsure how? Then this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome to The Successful Stylist Unfoiled. I'm your host, Crystal Wilson. I've worked in the hair and beauty industry for the last 10 years, working my way up through some of the largest salons from each corner of the globe. Throughout my career, I've always been infatuated with the industry influencers, the people who have been able to make a name for themselves and have a flourishing career as a hairstylist. On this podcast, I'll be sitting down and talking to hair and beauty professionals who have taken their career to the next level. The ones who have gone from working behind the chair to exploring another avenue within the industry. From the platform artists, educators, business owners, TV and celebrity stylists, published, self-employed, brand-sponsored, and more, I'm sitting down and asking them how they've done it. I know these accolades can seem unattainable, so I'm making it my mission to break down the barriers, stereotypes, and simplify the process to make the dreams that you have more attainable. Join me every week on The Successful Stylist Unfoiled. Hello, everybody. Back again. I am excited as always. I need to get, come up with a new intro for myself. But today I sat down with Rachel Vitulo, and she is a co-owner of Joey Scandizo's salon here in Melbourne. She services a ton of high profile clients. And I thought that that was something really interesting and that people want to know, how do you get to do these celebs? Who's the most famous person you did? Any of these things? I'm curious. So I think that maybe you guys would be too. And also her COVID baby proof X, which is her line of bleach, bleach proof clothing. That is a tongue twister, but I actually love the line. I own it. I think it's the best thing. I was saying to her, the seasons have just changed and I've opened my wardrobe and all of my black winter clothes are bleached and shit. I'm like, why did I even keep these for the whole summer in my closet? So she walks us through that process, how she came up with the ideas, getting business partners, all these things and what's next for her. So I really hope that you enjoy this interview chat any whatever you want to call it with myself and Rachel Vitulo. All right, the long awaited interview with Rachel Vitulo. <laughs> how you going? Hi, good. How are you? Oh my god, man. We have been planning this. I feel like I've been saying this too long. Every, but like a year, I reckon we've been doing this. <laughs> I feel like and that's like the hard thing about our industry. It's like, yeah, cool, like, you know, we'll lock in this day, yeah. we'll do it and then Things random change. And I feel like it's been like the most random reasons to not be able to connect, oh. but well, we're here. That's all that matters. Mondays seem to work well. I've just realized I probably should have worn my Proofex outfit for this. <laughs> and I probably should have worn mine too. Bad representation yeah. <laughs> on, the, on both of us. Like, what did you going to say? I thought you were going to say something of mine. I'm like, oh, what would I have? Track pants. <laughs> I know. I love that. I'm literally yeah. like t-shirt, track pants on the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. You're looking for it. Pants on. <laughs> I know, right? The, the amount of, um, like during lockdown, the amount of videos I did, I was like, if only you knew. Well, it <laughs> yeah. was not in camera. <laughs> oh my God. I did one with Jules recently and we were talking something about feet. I don't even know what it was. And I pulled my foot up from the, like, this is dumb. I don't even know what I'm telling you, but my foot was like purple, <laughs> like as if I had like no circulation. And I was like, one, looking at pants on and two, what the hell's going on with my foot? I'm like, I'm going to have to cut this out. It was oh my God, so funny. We couldn't stop laughing. So good. You just never know I what's going to happen over here. You don't. No idea. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, 
let's dive into the hair part, what we're really here for, but you know, I'm here for a good time. But I would love to know, and how I ask everybody is how they got into this industry, if hairdressing was something you always wanted to do, and then I've got a good list of questions for you. So I'd love to just know how it all started for you. All right. Well, hairdressing was definitely not in my list of things I wanted to do. Um, I used to have like a like a list of ten things, right? And I think if if hairdressing was on it, it would have been like the tenth. Um, and I'm from like a really small country town, so I um, it got time to do work experience in year ten, and I was told by like my friends in the older ages that if you did work experience in a hair salon, you got your hair colored and cut for free. And they don't do that anymore, but they did do that back in my day. And I was like, well, and as you can tell, I have so much hair. And I was like, I'm going to do that because I want to get my hair done for free. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go to Melbourne and I'm going to go to like one of the leading salons at that time. Yeah. And I'm going to go do work experience there. And like, you know, my mum was also a hairdresser at that time. Um, And so like my hands were always in hair and I always like, had a knack for it like I used to always do my friend's hair like braid their hair and stuff like that but I just never saw it being you know my my career path but it got time to do work experience and um I remember my first day of work it was like coincidentally literally down the road from where I am now but I remember my first day of work experience um it was with like a friend that's now a really good friend of mine, Amy. Um, she just finished servicing one of her clients and her client at the end of the service said, I cannot thank you enough for making me look and feel the way I do. And for me, there was like no greater satisfaction than like witnessing that. Oh my God, and I was I like, it. yeah. And I was like, you know what? I want to make people, you know, look and feel beautiful. And I want to get like, you know, have that feeling as well. And so, you know, for the rest of the week, you know, they had me shampooing and just even in like my work experience. And I was like, I just love looking after people and just making people, you know, look and feel good. And so from that moment, I was just like, you know, and I spoke to my mom and I was like, you know, what do you love about it? And it was like quite like the exact same thing, you know, but like little did I know that it's not just about making someone look and feel beautiful. There's like so many other different avenues and industry and stuff, Mm -hmm. which I found out later on in my career, but I think that was like the sole reason was that. And so I went, yeah. And so I went back to the country and I finished, um, I started a school-based apprenticeship in a small salon there. But, um, you know, I I think for me, it's like anything I do, I want to do at like my hundred percent, like, you know, at its best. Highest level. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, you know, I think for me, Try, like exploring that was like a big priority so I completed year 12 and then moved to Melbourne and started working for Joey okay. in 2010 um, as I just start back at the start again so I was almost almost qualified oh. but moving yeah but moving to Melbourne and uh, applying for a job at that salon I was nowhere near the skill set that they needed me to be so they said in order for us to take you on, we have to put you back into the beginning as a first year apprentice and start you all over again. And they were like, you know, we can hand you the tools to become 
one of the best in the industry, but it's whether you play with those tools every single day or you don't is what's going to make you or not. And so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to take this opportunity, you know, go back to the beginning again and start again. And like, honestly, it was the best decision I made because the moment that I realized the caliber of work that they do in that salon was literally nowhere near where I needed to be. I was like, I'm so glad I decided to do this. Yeah. And then, yeah. Oh my God. That's so cool. I was really not expecting that whole story. (laughs) I know. You know me, I can talk for ages. Oh my God. I I, Yeah. I, yeah, it's not really, um, it wasn't really where I thought it was going to be, but my journey, like I wouldn't change. Yeah. And I think what's really interesting that you just said is that, um, you, went there like not knowing what more you could kind of do in the industry and I think that that's a huge thing about what I've been trying to create with this is like showing people that we're not just behind the chair working in a salon you know on one on every corner like we're doing so much more and you're a prime example of that so I think that that's so interesting saying that you'd seen your mom in it but not maybe knowing all the avenues that you could go within it well and that's the thing like you know, I, I do say though, you know, I've been so blessed in order to put my hands into every single avenue this industry has to offer, which is like, it's amazing, but there are still days where I will be like out on a job or I'll be doing, you know, working on runway or whatever. And I'll just be like, God, I would just love to go back into the salon and just do hair. Yeah, Yeah. Like there is still moments where, you know, say like, that there was like a a point in in my career where um, I was working on Australia's Next Top Model. And so I was in Sydney a lot for that. And so for that, I was just like, I just would just love to just go home and just look after my clients. Like that's yeah. one thing that it's you know like, funny you know, too, like those seem really hard when you're coming up in the industry. It's like when you're an apprentice and then you see the people who are on the floor all the time, you're like, oh my God, that's so exhausting. Like how, I don't know. I felt like that. I'm like, God, I'm, totally. tired. I'm tired just shampooing. Like how the hell do yeah. they remember all their formulas or all their clients or all these things? And then once it's like so second nature now that that's my easy job. Like I'm like, oh, going exactly is actually a walk in the park coming on and yep. talking and editing and all these things. I'm like, oh, it's a lot, a lot of work. <laughs> don't even and they're like I said there are days I'm just like, I just want to go back in yep so how, maybe that. just walk through like how you got from working so what was the difference then between the salon that you started at and Joey's like that's where you still are for people who don't know Rachel yes is a co-owner which we're going to get into as yes well. but what do you feel like was the difference and did you feel like oh my god I literally don't know anything or were you like I'm repeating so much. Like, what's the dip? Oh, God, so much. Like, I am so appreciative of where I started. Yeah. Um, I feel like coming from the country, I don't know, like what, so the salon that I first ever started at had uh, five qualified hairdressers there. Okay. And so, which is like the country that's like reasonably big. I was going to say, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, for a small town that's like a reasonably big salon, and um, it 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 I'm not sure if it still is, but back then was what was its top in that yeah. in that area, and so you know I feel like people in the country are so much more like they can have conversation easier. Being in a small town, you know each other more, so you build 
relationship with your clients I feel like sometimes more or like country people are more open to just like put their whole life on the table for you so I feel like that working there taught me how to converse with my client questions to ask how to get to know my client which I'm so appreciative of that um but you know going from five people to 35 was like a game changer you know and I'm such a I'm such a big personality and so it you know being there's taught me so much on like balancing out the personalities that are around me as well um which can be sometimes really tricky um you know being like going from being like the loudest person in that small salon to not being that yeah it was like really tricky um but totally but everything that I learned at Joey's like in my academy because they do like at at our salon we all of our training is in-house yeah so we don't go to a training school, you know, and you don't get, you know, your general learning. Everything yeah. is at the standard that we want, um, you know, or like our sort of way of doing things. So like I was saying, it's like its standard of work was just like yeah, not anywhere near. And like it's it's not, I'm not like. No, not bagging out. others. It's just interesting. No. You know, the difference. It's so different. For you, yeah. Like I think that was a, something that I had as well, the salon that I came from at home. Yeah biggest it is I think it still is the largest salon in Canada like it's 65 chairs it's massive and I knew that if I was going to do it like that's where I was going to do it and it sounds like kind of the exactly same that's what you knew was going to fulfill you more totally and that's the thing so it's like everything that I learned it just made sense yeah. when I was learning it there you know I feel like um and you know I've been so lucky to learn from you know, some of the leaders in this industry. And that's why I've now become, you know, an education ambassador for 11 is because, you know, I got so lucky and especially regional that then they're just not that lucky. Like as in terms of they, they don't get accessible education. Yeah. 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 It's just like education is just something that happens once a year down there. You know what I mean? And so I feel like education is so important because this industry is so forever evolving and so quickly. And so I want to just like, I got the opportunity to learn at such a high standard and I just feel like that's like sort of me kind of giving back, I guess. Oh, but, yeah. yeah, it's such a such a different world, like completely. And something that I didn't expect at all. Like I didn't so even when- know that they had 30 staff when I walked in. Yeah. And I was like. Actually, that was <laughs> the first salon I ever went to when I came here. It was Joey's. I remember. <laughs> Do you? That's fun. Yeah. I came Did in you? once as a sneak attack and I got my hair done. <laughs> Oh my god! I when love I first that. moved that here, best. but I needed it done. I had just moved here, and I was living in the street, like in right in front of Joey's there. And I had looked it up because I had gotten my hair done right before I was leaving, and it almost was as if I had like a tint toner. It was so oh no, bad. you know when you just like I was like going on holiday, getting your hair done. I meanwhile I'm moving, so I went in and got my hair done, and that's when I was like, I have to apply here. Like definitely, I have to apply. But yeah, I did my. I day know, day. I love that. <laughs> I know it was so good. I actually, you are actually like a person. Like your personality is like it's incredible. You know what I mean? Oh, like you're such a personable person, and I like I remember that day to an absolute team. Oh like gosh, I feel like. Funny. Yeah, I it was great. Like I feel upstairs. like you're that kind of person. You, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel like your um your your personality is definitely one that leaves a mark and a great mark. Oh so gosh, it's good. Thank you. How nice. Yeah, I got you, girl. But yeah, that Bless. was my, that was my first like moment of Australia. We landed and we lived in a 
yeah, like an Airbnb for two weeks, the girl I was with right there. Oh, buddy. So when did you start getting the opportunities or like, were you going and assisting on photo shoots or things like that? Because obviously that is what your salon is known for is those types of things. And like, did you like it right away? What was, what did you see that was like, oh my God, I want to do more than be behind the chair? Yeah. So when I do education, you do photo shoots, you just said you did Australia's next top model, like all these things. How did that happen? And yeah. It's crazy. Like, um, I think six months after I started there and I started um, getting to know everybody a little bit more, there was one girl there that took me under her wing. Her name is Frankie and she's still a mentor for me in this industry, like 10 years down the tracker and I still talk all the time. Um, So Frankie was working there and she really had her hands in a lot of editorial work um, and competition work and all that sort of stuff. And so she could see that my interest was there when she was doing, I was asking so many questions like, oh, you know, why are you doing that? And like, you know, what does that lead to? And so she gave me this advice when she first sort of took me under her wig and she said, if I'm going to give you any advice, it's say yes to everything. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, anything that comes your way, you say yes to. And um, so she was shooting a lot. Like she shot for, um, Italian Vogue and like all of those really yeah incredible magazines and she was always like you're coming with me like without even having an option she's like you know you're coming with me you're assisting and so I was just like cool yeah I'm coming like all for it shoots like photo shoots and editorial work was the first avenue I put my hands into kind of yeah yeah and I at that point in my life like loved it like being able to learn about how hair transfers from real life onto camera is so different Mm. um and so I got to learn all about that you know like you know it's literally about one little flyaway or if you like have one tiny part it shows like everything shows up on camera um but then when it comes to color work color shows up so opposite to color sometimes and depending on your background and so I learned so much about photo shoots with working with Frankie um so that was incredible having like Frankie take me under her wing she also introduced me into the competition world by assisting her like I got she taught me about from start to finish you know where to start from to all the way through to your shoot day which you know I still use that that strategy like now and there's Um, so much prep that was the biggest thing that my my eyes I think were open to as well when I moved here I always used to go with Charlene every shoot everything I still do I still do. But that was a huge thing to me that there's so much prep and those details leading up is what makes or breaks it on the day. Or Can I tell you, I remember when not enjoyable for everybody else around you. <laughs> don't even like my first mm-hmm. competition I entered was for a, a apprentice of the year for hair expo. And um, I said to Joey, you know, I really want to go for apprentice of the year. And he's like, okay, well, that's cool you have to come to me with 200 photos of hair you like. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, 200 photos of hair you like. And then what we'll do is we'll sit down and we'll go through every single photo and we'll categorize them and why you like it, why you don't and all of this sort of stuff. So I did that. Like I, yeah. And that's still like a strategy that I do now. So it's like, okay, 200 images of hair I like and then categorize it and work out what I like, what I don't put them in groups of families, work out what flows and then what doesn't and then and then work it out from there. But um, photo shoots, like editorial and stuff, I, I feel like the more I delved into it, the hard thing is for Australia is that they're not 
necessarily as creative and adventurous with editorial hair Mm. so I feel like it wasn't an avenue that I would would have liked to have stayed in for a long time because it was very simple hair yeah um and being in Melbourne in order to be paid you had to do both hair and makeup so you know in Melbourne in Melbourne doing that sort of editorial stuff you have to have the ability to do both hair and makeup they don't they only want to hire one person for the day yeah yeah true. yeah so I was kind of like well I've sort of exhausted all options in that so I moved on from that but every other opportunity you know like I was still an apprentice when we worked on project one on project runway do you remember that tv show yeah 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 but that all came through just with Joey growing yeah. himself you know being the face of the brand um because I when I first started at the salon it was Rock Ebony for six months ah, and then he bought them out right yeah and then in July July 2011 he bought them out and created Joey Scanny's salon so when he did that he really hit hit um hit the ground running with exposing yeah. his name as big as he can and doing all of that to create those opportunities for those for us um underneath him and so you know, Project Runway came around, which um, like weirdly that was in like 2011 or 2012, and I'm still friends with one of the contestants on that show and, and the models did on that you get show as well. Through Joey, like did you just have yeah. this good relationship with him? Because I think a lot of times an owner like that, just any any owner, but any a lot of male owners, you know, in big yeah. companies like that can be very intimidating for an, impre- an apprentice or oh, anybody 100%. going in. Like, I talk about it all the time, the owner of my old salon, like, you know, you, yeah. you never kind of knew what you were going to no. get sometimes. And I think being a person who maybe were you intimidated by him and did you just go up and be like, I want to go on these things? Or like, was that something I like was gradually? That yeah. See, that's how, that's no, how you I was definitely that person. <laughs> you just got to do it. Like you just have to buy the bullets at the end of the day, the worst thing that he's going to say is no, but yeah. like the, you know, he it still says this, um, opportunity comes to those that work hard. Yeah. And so for me, you know, and for any new apprentice or any new senior that we employ at the salon, we let them know that that's, you know, one obviously really big incentive of being a part of our family is, you know, all of the things we do outside of the business, but mm-hmm. the, those get handed to those that work hard. And so for me, I was like, okay, if that opportunity is going to come to me from like really busting my ass, I'm going to buzz my ass. And so, yeah. you know, I would go in there whenever they would need me. I'd start early, I'd stay late, you know, um, I'd, I'd assist anywhere I can, you know, anytime anyone needed help with anything. In academy, I would always make sure I'd have all the models, you know, I'd put my yeah. hand up for anything, you know, I wouldn't be afraid to jump into something and like just give it a red hot crack. Like I knew where I wanted to be and I knew the steps I had to make to get there. Like I, like a lot of people, you know, I really thought out my journey to get to the yeah. top like it wasn't like I really sat down and was like this is the steps I need to do this is what I have to achieve in order to you know become where I am now like it wasn't something that I was just sort of winging it was really yeah. really really well thought out and so that's I did the exact same things in order to receive those opportunities you know I would help Joey whenever he needed it needed to or Frankie or yeah. you know or anyone else that was there anytime then Hermes you know anyone that needed any help I was like I'm doing it like I'm yeah. Yes, I'm there. I could be there early. I can be there late, you know. And then for that, um, and it was also just just being like a good team member too, you know. Just being a good team member also helps, you know. Playing, you know, um, 
you know, being personable with everybody else, you know, understanding that the moment you walk in that door, you are switched on, you are working. Yeah, totally. You're in your you know? workspace. And the, that was yeah. something that's always, and I, something that's come up on a few episodes, I think, is just like leaving your stuff at the door, but also yeah. that having a good team around you can balance when you are having a bad day, that having a big team like that, Seriously. there's other people sometimes that you can rely on to carry that. Yeah. Like we have, like, I have a bad day. I have bad days. Like everyone has bad days, but like, I feel like everybody at the salon, we just, we just understand like right now we've got a really, really, really good team. And we just, we just understand each other. And, you know, we can see it on each other's face if we walk in and we, or if we do like, cause you know, sometimes you just, you want hair to look a certain way and it just doesn't happen, especially with color because it's so unpredictable. No matter how I always say, I'm like, no matter how much I want this result as much as you do, I'm just as disappointed that it's taking three. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just annoying. And so, you know, you'll go in the back room and someone will be like, you're good. Like, I'm just checking in on you. will be like, every color I did today just didn't work out how I wanted it to. And they're like, it's all good. Yeah, always one day that they'll always be that way. It's like it's like when it rains it pours, and then you know we all just help each other out and be like, it's all good. Tomorrow is a brand new day. Like today is done. You can't go back and redo what happened today. You go home. You like don't even think about it because you can't change what happened. Go home. You go to bed. Have the best night's sleep. Eat your favorite meal. Wake up in the morning. Start start all over again. You know, and yeah, it's great. Like all the guys there are just incredible. Good advice. What yeah. has been your like biggest either like celeb person or like biggest moment maybe so far that you were like, oh my God, am I really doing the hair for this? Or maybe one of those. It was Priscilla Presley. Okay. So Elvis, Elvis Presley's wife. Yes. Oh my God. That, that for me, well, she, she's, she's one of them, but that for me was just like, iconic you know like this was a woman that is like the epitome of a woman you know what I mean like she like I was nervous because so the first time I met her I was assisting Joey okay um and Joey was doing her hair and do you know like when you talk to like your parent like your mom or your grandma or whatever like they would never leave the house without being head to toe done yeah my granny yep Blue yeah eye like my to her eyebrows totally <laughs> like my, my Friday <laughs> exactly like my grandmother is the exact same like she is the exact same like we were we weren't actually allowed to meet Priscilla until her makeup was on oh. so yeah so she um had to be you know her. ready yeah yeah in order for like us to then, you know, look after her. And so the first time I met her, I was assisting Joey. And then the second time Joey actually couldn't make it and was like, it's on you. Like you go and do her hair. And I was like, Bleh. how long so, were like, you I got- hairdressing at that point? Like, were you a senior? What's the vibe? When, yeah, when do we is- all need to be ready for this? <laughs> oh, you can, there's like, there's no such thing as being ready. Oh like I did, th- that was three years ago, three, yeah. three or four years ago. And, um, and mind you, she had like a full head of beaded extensions and like all of that sort of stuff. So it was like tricky to get it up, but she was the most gentle, beautiful woman like that I've that's ever walked, like one of that's yeah. ever walked into my life. Like she was just, the hard thing is, is like, you know, when you look 
look up to someone or, you know, someone's a public figure and then you meet them and then not the person that you thought that they would be. It's a bit of a letdown. She is just not that person. Like she is just an incredible human. Like her and um, Ruby Rose especially. Like, yeah. Yeah. So Ruby, uh, I started looking after Ruby's hair like I want to say eight, seven or eight years ago. It's a long time. Yeah, this was when she was living in Australia. She just sort of finished off. Um, she'd been out of MTV like just a few years and she was boxing and then a DJ. Oh, cool. So it was before she'd even like jumped into acting or anything like that. Um, she's a really cool chick. She'll always just be like a humble girl, you know. Like yeah. she every time she comes to Australia, she'll still come and visit us and I'll still like mer- like change her hair drastically because, yeah. We've like I've given that girl every color, like every color. Like she was bl- a blonde bob with blue on the ends. Um, I've given her like purple roots, a white strip in the center, blue ends. Um, I've made her like white blonde. I've made her like more neutral colors for um, when she's filming and things like that. Like she really lets me play and do whatever I want with her hair. But so she's cool. still a girl that has accomplished so much, or a woman that's accomplished yeah. so much, and is still the same, and person. is still such. Oh, she's just a cool chick. Like she'll just walk in and just like she'll own it. Like she yeah. she'll sit with everybody. She doesn't care. Like she doesn't want like as we've the, the training academy that, upstairs. Oh, yeah, you can uh, go up there and like be private. She doesn't want that. Yeah, it's so nice that people come in like that and in a big salon like that. It's just as exciting for everybody else as it is for you doing her hair. You know what I mean? Like everybody. But even like the times, that the energy. times that she. Exactly. Like the time she would want to come in is at 2 p.m. on a Saturday, <laughs> which is like the peak. Oh, that's like the absolute Literally. worst time of any hairdresser's week is 2 p.m. Literally. The, the last time, no, the second last time I did her hair, the second, yeah, second last time I did her hair was on New Year's Eve. Oh my God. At, at 2 p.m. So yeah, funny. it was, and it was just packed in that salon and she wanted to be white blonde and like from her like dark brown hair, oh white blonde. God. And I was like, we're doing it. All right. How Stayed back to like 7 like... p.m., but it was great. <laughs> Perfect. No, you're, no worries. Let's, I'm not going out. Love that. I'm Easy. Not yeah. No, no How plans. do those no plans. things happen where I know that some people have like um, an agent or something that they go through? Yeah. Are those things happening for you because of Joey and because you work there? Or do you have somebody now that you put in place to get you those gigs? How do those things happen? Um. Joey personally has an agent has an agent yeah um but the salon hasn't got an agent yeah um I don't have an agent um I am just the kind of person where I'll meet anyone and be like come in and let me do your hair like anyone and anyone that I meet um I think the you know and this is also a reason why I took the avenue on being a colorist was because Joey only cuts hair yeah. So that's where I strategize mm, one way of working his, up. Yeah, right hand. I can be his sidekick. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, well, Joey is, because, you know, I always wanted to be at the top. So I was like, okay, at that point, Joey was Joey and only cuts. The other two business partners at that time were only cutters too. So I was like, yeah. okay, going up that ladder is just, I'm not going to get there. So yeah. by taking the color road and being predominantly a colorist in the salon, I can get to the top quite quickly and then become Joey's right-hand man. Yeah. And so, I, the, you know, those opportunities I received from being a colorist yeah. because Joey particularly can't color, yeah. but 
everything yeah which is great for me but everything did you else, hear that um, he can't color yeah exactly you can't as much as he tries to think he can <laughs> that man cannot you have to get but him it's, on it's, for a rebuttal He'll it's be fine because day. i can't i can't cut short hair like i'm horrible at cutting short hair so i went and he's the fucking like he's the goat at cutting short hair so like yeah. props to him for that but i cannot do that That's but so um i literally like i just reach out to people like yeah. i still reach out to people at instagram mm-hmm. and i'm like hey i'm me yeah if you're me. ever if you're ever in melbourne and you are looking for someone to make you look and feel beautiful i'm your girl like i'm the person you come to and i still do that yeah yeah i love that i think that that's something too that i've been sharing with people throughout each episode is like that's actually how it happened you slide into the dm exactly how it happened like that's how i have gotten every single person on my podcast is yeah just a dm and then set up the email and get it going but that's that's how you do it hang on give me one second i'm so sorry don't worry What's wrong, babe? Oh, there's a spider on the ground. Can I just go get this spider? <laughs> give me a sec. Yeah, go. Yeah, totally. He can um. All right, hang on. Hang on. I'm gonna take you with me. There's a spider on the ground. Not just my fiance's. My fiance's oh. petrified of them. So he's gonna be excited. Baby, where? We're keeping. Oh, okay. Okay. There you go. I could just hear him staring at me being like, oh. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm what is he you, doing? While we're pause, I'm going to get you to flick your hair on your mic side out of your mic. There. Oh, yeah, there we go. But that is putting your hair over side there was we go. Okay. behind, and I was like, I'm just going to wait for the right moment to tell her to flick her hair the opposite way. There you go. <laughs> Are we good there? Yeah, that's perfect. It was the same oh, when I was great. doing one with Tom White and his beard, his big beard. Oh, you like ruffle, right? And it, like, tickles it the whole time, and then I have to go. Not a vibe. Like, edit it. Well, that was just a really great moment. I might just use that as your um. Highlight. Yeah, use it. I love that. So wild. Too funny. So I want to go into now you've gone from doing your apprenticeship, working your way up yes. with SOEs, all of these things, getting these opportunities. How does that then translate into you being a co-owner now? Like, what does that, what does that mean? How does that happen? Do you ask? Do they ask? What's the, what's the- it was so random. Like it was the most random thing. Like I, I think I was like, either in between my clients or I was on my lunch break and I was outside and Joey was sitting out there as well. And he looks at me and goes, Hey, would you ever want to open up your own salon? And I was, and at that point I was like, no. And he goes, and is that true? You never wanted, you never had that vision for yourself when you, you had, you talk about this ladder that you had for yourself that was never on it. No, never, never opening up a business from scratch, like a, a hair salon from scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, you know, he said, would you ever open up your own? I said, no. And he's like, why? And I was like, you know, at that point, 11 Australia was just like growing so quickly. And um, which is also big an edu- umbrella of, of Joey. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So he's got a percentage in 11 Australia too, yeah. um, as creative director. And so you know, that was growing and I was playing a really big role in that growth as well. And, you know, I was still growing me and still putting my hands in so many different avenues. And I just said to him, I was like, look, in order for me to open up a business and start a salon from scratch, everything else I do outside of the salon has to take a back seat for at least two years. Yeah. And I was like, I'm, I'm still haven't even worked out who I am yet. Or like, you know, 
what kind of hairdresser I want to be and all of that. And so his response to that was, well, do you want to buy in here? And I was like, in where? And he's like, here. Just like it was literally just that casual. Yeah, this place right here. (laughs) This lunchroom. And And literally, and I like, I literally was just like, I... Like, I never thought that that was even an option. And he's like, well, it is. So think about it. It was literally just casual. like that casual. And I was like, I'm just going to get on the phone. And like, I called my mom and dad straight away. And I was like, uh, this just happened. And they were like, really? I didn't even think that was an option. I was like, neither did I. And so, you know, I sat down and thought, you know, is this an opportunity I want to take on? Is this not? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, once I sat down and spoke with the boys about it, they were like, you know, essentially your role's not going to change yeah. in what I do day to day because at that point I was mentoring a, at that point. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I was a technical director um, at that point, which means as a technical director, there is a lot of responsibility that you have to have in nurturing the ones below you, um, being that sort of role model for those, which I, I naturally wanted to be anyway. So they were like, essentially your role in here is not going to really change. You're just going to get more insight on how a business runs and, you know, all of that back end. And I took that opportunity because it was the best opportunity for me because I, I got the ability to understand what happens in the back end of a business, but it already being a well-oiled machine yeah. that I didn't really have to invest as like as much time into or yeah. mind into make the mistakes as you would starting something expense. again. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And like having the backup of those three boys at the time that have been running that structure for 10 years already, I was just sort of slipping in, you know, and yeah. once again, having Joey, John and Joseph, not being colorist meant that I had my own department, you know, with the color department, that was sort of my jam. And so I got to start having a voice in, you know, how I wanted that department to be and how I wanted, um, you know, the color group, how, how I wanted them to grow and evolve and that sort of stuff. So for me, nothing else outside of the business had to change, which was great. That's so great because I think that's a big thing too for people that I've spoken with that it's like when they buy into a place, I'm like, oh, why, why did you do that versus isn't the whole point of having your own salon that you could do what you want. But I think that that is really um, unique about your situation is that you were a colorist in an environment that didn't have that kind of. Exactly. And for me, it's like, you know, I've always wanted to be a part of something, you know, I've always wanted like. I've always wanted to say that, you know, I either part owned a salon or something, but it was just like less work for me starting from scratch. It just made sense, you know, because I just, I understood how everything operated. I knew everybody there. I had my full clientele there and everything else I did outside of the business could still operate and go as normal. Yeah. So it Love was a that. hard transition though. It was hard. Yeah. Like I wouldn't so say what that does, it was yeah, like. Yeah, what does that mean like for the rest of the staff? Like are they then like, yeah. well, how, yeah, talk us through what was hard about it. It was like so scary for me. So I, we were kind of, I was kind of secretly a partner for a long time because we were trying to find the right time to announce it. Yeah. Because, you know, that can really make or break the announcement and like what goes on moving forward hear that and be like discouraged that it's not them and then they're resentful to you or 
you know, when people don't understand the back end of the money thing, thinking that now you're getting a cut of their job, like all these things could totally rub people the wrong way. And it was so scary because, you know, I'd been there since 2010. So, and I was so scared about the transition from being just like them to now being somewhat like a boss, which I, yeah. I still today don't, I still today don't even like that word because I'm like, I don't know why. It I'm just, just me. for me, it's just, yeah, don't, I'm just me. But <laughs> I, um, I was so nervous about the announcement because I was so scared about what people were going to think. Like, you know, I know as well, like the moment, you know, you are a boss, you kind of are somewhat separated yeah. from the team. Even and I was so afraid. You're not going to be. You, you have to be. You have, yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I was so afraid about, you know, losing relationships or like people being like, I don't know, like, I, I don't know. It was just weird. It freaked me out. So the day that we announced, I just like burst into tears because I'm just an emotional person. And I was just like, I said to, I remember saying to everybody, like, I'm promise I'm going to be, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to do like that, my, absolute hardest and just like try my absolute best in this role and like like I'm not going to change but you know I'm going to have a bigger voice and like that sort of stuff and so it was hard because jumping into that role respectfully was really hard yeah with not just coming in being like well this is now what I'm doing like this is how we need to obey me and yeah yeah and because I'm just so not that person like I you know, still sort of see myself every day, just like everyone else, you know, I don't ever want to feel like I'm like, I don't ever want to separate myself or be like, I'm above, I'm just not that person. And so it makes me feel gross. And so (laughs) I, so the, the transition was hard for me to actually let go of now not being a staff member. Yeah. And being like, Okay. And seeing you are, in a different way, probably. Like when it yeah. is something that's going to financially um, affect you or something, or yeah. even those standards of the salon being tidy, or, you know, even more so is on your side. It, it, everything was, yeah, everything was just like heightened, you know? Like, yeah. but it was great because I could still relate with it and I still can relate with everyone there, you know? Like I remember having this one conversation with a star, with with a girl that used to work with us and she was like, we really, like I, I really want to do this, like with 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 the colour with the color crew. Yeah. Like I really want to do this. And I said to, and like I, I, I say to everybody all the time, I'm like, you, we don't expect you to understand the business. Yeah. But trust us in understanding that you could shift one pillar and five other pillars could crumble, could crumble underneath. It's not just easy as just overnight fixing something. You need to make sure that if you do change like some form of structure, like some pillar in the business, you need to make sure that the other pillars that are sitting there are still stabilized, you know? And so that's like the easiest way that I explain it to anyone yeah. that's just like, but why, why can't you just wake up and change? Like, yeah. why can't you just wake up and just like run your business in a completely new way? It's just, it's like, if it was that easy, you know, you would, Yeah. but it's, it's just not like things take time and you need to make sure that anything that you do alter or switch or change doesn't affect anything else that you have underneath it. So it was good to understand that as well. Cause you know, if you don't own a business, you're always like, 
they should be doing this and why aren't they doing things this way my town being like but didn't you think when you worked there that there was things that you were like oh if it was mine I'd do this how dumb is why do I have to work Mondays or you know (laughs) all the time like the amount of times I'd have been like if I had my own place I'd do it this way and if I did it I'd do it this way but once understanding that it's just not that easy like and I always say like props to Joey John and Joseph for like for actually being able to run it so successfully for so long yeah because it's really hard there is so much yeah there is so much that happens in that back end that you just you just don't know until you get your hands in there you know and so for me I was like okay all the things that I kind of wanted before I was a part owner is now completely different (laughs) what I want now I understand how hard it actually is to achieve those things it's wild and now that you do have your own business I feel like this is a perfect segue into your own clothing company so did that did when did that vision start and talk us through it and did learning like did joining Joey's as a part owner in that business contribute to the way you're running your business now and how did that all happen for you? And for anybody it was who so, doesn't know, it's bleach-proof clothing. Yes. yes. So it's I the best idea X. ever. It was just something for me that it was just like one of those things that just it's a no-brainer, you know, for me. Like I, okay, so it all started like years and years and years ago. I had this idea of this yeah. is what I wanted to do purely because, okay, I had this one woman that approached me years ago and said to me, I want you to, I'm making aprons. I'm an ex-fashion designer, blah, 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 blah. I'd love for you to test these aprons for me. And I was like, okay, cool. Of yours or she just no. messaged you? Okay, so you weren't doing her Random. Hair. Yeah. No, wasn't doing her hair, just like so, so uh, super completely random and was just like, I can you try these aprons for me and all of that? And I was like, sure, like, of course, like anything I can do to help this industry and all of that. Yeah. And so I met her, I helped her design um, unisex, um aprons and then ones for men and one for women and then on the last day she brought in the most random dress thing and she was like oh I thought this pinafore style outfit would actually be quite cute and I was like it was kind of like a light bulb moment for me and I was like hang on a minute like this is bleach proof I said is this bleach proof and she's like yeah it's like completely bleach proof and I was like how has uh, how, like how have I not that? found this yeah mm-hmm. like how have I not found this like this is just like insane because and look at us both when I was, right now in black like let's just I know exactly <laughs> well, that's, right I, I'm like hmm, this is we're Melburnians we have to we have to wear black and I feel <laughs> like it's in our you just life. call me a Melburnian oh my god yeah you're a Melburnian I'm an you are now a Melburnian take it <laughs> take it love sis. it wow I um because I hate wearing aprons like I hate it I cannot handle yeah. it because I'm I feel, I'm four foot eleven and I just feel like when I wear one yeah. <laughs> I am so small and I feel like when I wear one I look like an absolute potato like a complete potato and I was like I lose my shape and I feel ugly and I feel like you know being in the hair fashion industry you have to look the part you know you've got to wear what's trending and all of that sort of stuff but you ruin everything you wear so it's like why invest in well, something is that is actually what just happened because we're going into winter now 
And I was going through, I literally was like this, swiping through my closet, like, why the F is this even hanging here when it's half red? Like, why? Covered in bleach. Yeah. Season. So that was I feel you, sis. My order for it (laughs) because I've just done a big proof X order. I'm like, enough of this. Like, I'm never going through this again. It's It's done. Yeah, it's done. And so that for me, like years ago, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. But finding the right business partner was really hard because I don't have the time to run that back end. Yeah. You know, with, with, you know, the talks. And is that, yeah. Did you learn that from then joining this business, realizing how much goes on behind the scenes? Like when you joined Joey's, were you like, holy shit, like, like, it's a whole nother world. Yeah. Like the fashion world is yeah. so, so, so different. It's actually got nothing to do with my industry. Yeah. So how did well, that, our industry. that happen? How did you find, how did you even know you needed a business partner or how did you know how to go about that? I spoke to my girlfriend. Her name's Effie Katz. Yes. Um, she's a, a designer of multiple brands herself. She's a really, really good girlfriend of mine. So I spoke to her and I said, where do I start? Okay. I was like what do I do like help me she's like you need a manufacturer and I was like okay she's like you need to register a business name you need to set all of that up you need to find a manufacturer that can do your stock do your samples do all of that something that's cost effective and then you got to sit with accountant and you got to work out what your markup is going to be in order to make x amount of profit you know and costs and all of that sort of stuff and then you've got to shoot it and then you've got to market it and then you've got to reach out to different kinds of people and do all of that sort of stuff I was like, whoa, I'm in way over my head. Like, plus working like, full time. Like, it's not like you just working do this full time on the side. Like, you know, but actually, no. it was kind of in lockdown that that happened for you, no? Well, yeah. yeah. So once Effie, Effie told me where I need to start and what I need to do, um, you know, fast track six months down the track and COVID happened and yeah. lockdown happened. And I, I'm just not that person I can sit at home. I can't sit at home and just do nothing. I'm still, I'm still doing my COVID project. <laughs> literally, literally, yeah. like I just, I cannot do it. I can't sit at home and do nothing yeah. and not grow and plateau and coast. And I'm just not that human. And so yeah. I'm like, what? what's the next thing I can do? And what's the next thing I can do? And so, and, you know, and I've like, and I said, you know, and I say this all the time, you know, I'm just, I try to be that person where, with any obstacle that comes my way, I do try and seek opportunity. Yeah. So, you know, I'm in lockdown, not doing a great deal. Yeah. And it's like all I, the things that you like about your career, the talking to people, the interacting, the photo shoots, the flying, the, all of these See things ya. aren't happening. See all later. the education, which you love and is a huge part for you, isn't happening anymore. So, yeah it was done for. And I was like, okay, so then what's the next thing for me? And I was like, you know what, this is the best opportunity to launch Proof X and start Proof X and, you know, make it what it is. And so we like, uh, she's, she's no longer my business partner, my original business partner. Okay. Um, cause you know, with, with companies and business and things that changes and, you know, our, you know, lives change once the world opens back up, you know, we have so much temptation around us. And so, you know, she decided to take a different avenue in her life and whatever, which is fine because, you know, it happens. So with my original business partner at that time, we literally grew Proof X from it being an idea on a piece of paper to being available to purchase in the three months that we were shut down. That's huge. 
because we just had the time to do it. And I was like, I'm never going to get this time again, ever, ever, ever. And I was just like, I'm just going to do it. And have you always been interested in fashion? Like, has that been something that you gravitated to? Like when you do the shoots and stuff, like, is that something that you've been good at? Or is that what the other person kind of brought to the table? Yeah, like she, she did, she, she brought up some like good ideas. The hard thing is, is like hairdressers like comfort. Yeah. They want to be able to move and breathe as well as being still fashion forward. But the debut collection for Proofex, which is the collection that's available right now, has a little bit of everything Yeah, in terms of styles. Um, what's available is like, you know, we've got like a smock dress, which is like a little bit more of like a boho style. We've got like body suits. We've got mini skirt. We've got a pleated skirt. Like there's so many different, different options of things. So then we can work out what the consumer gravitates towards. Yeah. To then work out what our future collections need to be tailored to what our previous purchases are. And yeah. And so after like, you know, cause she was like, oh, let, you know, well, we kind of, we both got really excited. Let's do a bit of this and let's do a little bit of like, you get excited with all that yeah, sort of totally. stuff. Or maybe we add, Your brain maybe we add this rolling. sort of detail rolling and just doesn't stop. And so we, funnily enough, our biggest seller in Proofex is our, is our t-shirts. Our basic I was just going to say the black t-shirt. Yep. It is literally the biggest seller. And so for that, we've just understand it, like understood now that people just want simple styles, great cuts that just fit really well. Things that aren't too sort of either fashion forward one way or the other. Yeah. Um, sim- like just really simplistic um, in how it fits and flares and drops and all that sort of stuff. So, so cool. it's still like, I'm still really learning from it. Like it, it's, it's, it's still a baby project. Like, are you sewing now? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, wearing a piece of clothing right now. Yep, I'm just fixing something <laughs> right now. Killing two birds as we wow. as we talk. Are this you is, lacing some shoes? I know your fiance. This is literally basketball. my life. <laughs> He's play, he plays I'm basketball. Lacing his shoes right now. What are you doing? No, he basketball. plays basketball, and the stadium that he plays at is not allowed to have pockets in his shorts. And he's going to play basketball in three hours and he just bought a pair of shorts that have pockets in them. You know what you should do is throw that spider in his pocket. Don't even. Can you imagine? And just capture that capture that spider into the pocket. I completely oh my agree gosh, with that's you. That's so funny. That's amazing. It's so funny. So this is me being a wife. That's so funny. Love it. Congratulations, actually. We'll just throw that into the into Ah, thank you very much. Love it. So I think that that is the best idea. Like when I saw you launch it, I was like, this is what I've needed in my life. There's always the messy person in the, in any salon. And I mean, I would, I would be pretty the most creative and the most messy. Me. I'd be yeah. inclined to say that's always been me, but it's serious. And I'll vouch for the clothing. It's actually, I was really surprised when I got it. Not that it was nice, but that the material actually is nice. Like I, yeah. I don't mind wearing it at all. Whereas sometimes I think with that you can be like, oh, am I actually going to want to wear this? Like, you know, there's like, you know, there's one other competitor brand in this industry, well, in Australia, there's literally only one, That's one other competitor brand that I'm working with right now. Yeah. That like, is out there and that's where I sort of got my inspiration to making sure that things were really simplistic. Yeah. Um, because you know, everybody's taste is so different. Yeah. And sure. so but and like I'm still real yeah, 
so black is it (laughs) black is so it and like I I'm still really learning like I'm learning patience with Prufex because it's not you know starting anything it's not gonna you're not gonna be it's not an overnight success as much as everybody would like it to be it's really not and so you know it's still brand new like we launched in November so I'm enjoying I'm enjoying the uncertainty of it and I'm enjoying the whole I don't know what direction we're gonna go in and like I'm just really loving that I'm doing something completely brand new I think you Um, and I have similar personality traits in that that if we do something it has to be amazing before it's even kind of put out there or something like 100% and I I Mm -hmm. get frustrated with myself that I have so many kind of things happening but I feel like I'm doing them all 60% or so like I can't yeah I can't handle that but that's something I'm really trying now to be like it is okay if your episode comes out on Tuesday evening because nobody gives a shit but you no Oh no! You know, like we all give things, a shit. Like, but no, totally, but you know what I, I mean. Totally like, get it. I'm I'm very much yep. that way too, and I totally hear you being like, be patient with the process because oh that's my something God. I've really learned from these conversations, and has been said quite a few times that you know, KFC wasn't Kentucky Fried Chicken didn't happen until he was in his 60s or something, or you know, oh all my God, people that we're looking up to, yep. a lot of them are twice our age. Yeah. Well, do you know, like the one, one word of advice that I was given is that the quicker you come up, the quicker you crash and burn Mm. because the quicker you come up, the more responsibility you have, the more things you have to take care of, and then you lose your personal touch. And then you kind of get lost in all of it in your, and you don't get to appreciate your journey. So I'm like, all right, let it, let it be a slow burn. Yeah. Let it trust me, like let it be a slow burn and just appreciate every single second of it. That's what I'm doing. Like every single like milestone, even still now, like if if I get a sale come through, I'm so I'm like, yeah, I got a sale. Somebody bought a sale well, get somebody bought something. Now that I know that I like the fabric, I'm gonna keep diving in. Yes, because girl. it's just—it's actually just a really good idea. How did you go not wearing an apron? Did you feel weird? <laughs> oh my god, that was so funny. So for anybody who doesn't have me on Instagram, I was sending <laughs> Rachel a video of me in my top, being like, "Look, I'm wearing my—I got the shoulder padded sleeveless top," and she's like, hey, "Why do you have your apron on?" And I was like, "I'm not." I was trying to say that in the nicest way too. I was like, and you don't even need to wear your apron. Like, (laughs) take it off. (laughs) I'm just so messy. But yeah, I, I, yeah, you were right. I didn't actually. But sometimes I, the same way you said you feel like a potato in your apron. I like, like that I'm like hidden in my apron. I'm like, oh, great. Oh, do you? You know? Yeah, totally. (laughs) Do a button if I want, you know? Totally. Let it all hang. Oh I'm all for God. that too. But you um you need to do an experiment on it and like actually pour bleach on it. Let it sit. Okay. I wipe will. it off. Because like, but okay, and you can even wear it when you're cleaning you your want, house. If it doesn't, if it doesn't work, you'll just Bro, if if you get bleach on it, I will literally give you have a lifetime oh you'll have a lifetime God, subscription so to Prevex. All right. But um you can it, even use it while you clean. You can put Ooh. White King on it. Oh my god! You can put Domestos on it. Nothing's gonna happen. Okay, I will. 
what's next back for wild. you? What's the next thing when you set when you talk about your ladder? Do you have something now that you're aiming for or no idea um, where you at? I don't know. I'm kind of like last year I really coasted, which is fine because everybody did. Well, like in terms oh. of like me as a hairdresser, me yeah. as a hairdresser, I coasted. No, you did not. <laughs> I launched a brand, but me, yeah. me, me as a hairdresser, I really coasted. And so I don't know if I'm still cool with doing that or I'm ready to jump into some other stuff. Like 11 Australia have just launched a range of color. Oh, actually, I messaged you about that too. Yes, you did. I am the queen of a DM, just for anybody. I love it. Don't. I am. I am the queen of a DM too. I live for a DM. Trust me. Um, I so I live in Australia. Color just released, and it is the most incredible color I've worked with, and there is so much room for that to grow and blossom and do all of that. So I think, um, for me as a person like as a person yeah where I want to grow is help grow that yeah um you know tap back into the science of color again Mm. um since not educating color in the salon for a long time you know I have like haven't sort of tapped into the full science behind it in a long time and I'm really interested in the whole science behind hair um and color and counteracting and enhancing all that sort of stuff so it's I really want to jump back into into that um and grow that on a global scale. Um, but I'm just, for me now, you know, I'm just so blessed to have done so much that I just want to give back. I really want to give back. So for me this year, I really want to do as much education as I possibly can, like educate and, you know, still obviously learn my, I learn from my team every single day. So, you know, I, I just really want like this year for me is just I want to give back as much as I possibly possibly can because last year sucked like you know in terms of the industry like look look I do feel like hairdressing finally got put on the pedestal it deserves last year because so many people tried to do their hair from home and just couldn't do it we were so finally exactly we are actually deemed essential so I feel like you know for us we're finally put on the pedestal that we deserve but it's our, we need, we need to back it up, you know, like people are now appreciating us. Let's show that, let's, let's show the, show the world what we can do. Show us, show them in our black outfits that we're the best. Exactly. And our black outfits that we can do. So I just want to make this industry great again. You know, well, I think I want to do more education and do all that. Doing that. And I think you saying that so. giving back, like that's what you're doing now, sitting down and giving your time to me and to people to listen is important and I think that all the things that you have said is really valuable and I've learned a lot which is the point of why I started doing them was for me more than anything and then it's yeah there but I just really I think we've had some really great tips and it's really I think humbling for people to hear the process of how it happens and just being a go-getter and saying yes and being yeah. fun to go up and ask your boss and not be intimidated by those people. And that's how it happens. Oh, don't like, if I, just don't second guess yourself at all in anything you do and just give it a red hot crack. Cause you know, like I said, the Aussies would say, <laughs> give it a red hot crack. I would never I, say that. 
You wouldn't. It's one of my favorite things to say. Just give it a red hot crack. Give it a red hot crack. I feel like, you know, give it all you got. Take risks and fail and fail proudly. Like, I'm so, I'll be the first person to be like, yeah, I fucked up. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to learn from it. Like fail and fail proud, but you're just going to learn from it all. And just, you know, be proud of what you do. Take risks, bust your ass, be the best version of yourself. Love it. Well, I think that that Love is the perfect, the perfect end to our conversation. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. Thanks so for nice to chat to you. You too. So I'm I so just, sorry it's taken so long. No drama. We're all busy people. Not to worry. Life. Love it. Thank you so, so much. Thank you for having me. And this podcast is amazing. I've been listening to it all week. Oh, amazing. Thank you. Lives, it's just, it's so good. Love it. We're doing amazing things. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Successful Stylist Unfoiled. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube to get all the notifications of our weekly episodes. 